Hello, everyone, and welcome to Minute 88 of Season 4 of Movie Around Minute, the daily podcast where we take a hilarious and poignant journey through the 1989 Billy Crystal Meg Ryan rom-com when Harry met Sally one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me once again today as a perfect fill-in, and, you know, unfortunately, this is his last day as a fill-in this week. Maybe next season I'll have him back again uh, as a fill-in, besides having his regular slot, is uh, my good friend Alan Sanders from... The Wilder Ride. Welcome back, Alan. Thank you so much. And you know I'm a diehard fan of yours, so I would love to be back again. Well, well I'll, I'll think about if I do diehard. Maybe there's a way of, <laughs> of, of fitting you in. Oh, did I say that out loud? That. I meant I was a diehard fan of yours. I didn't. But, you know, <laughs> serendipity <laughs> being what it is. <laughs> Speaking of that. <laughs> well, come on. It's not a secret what my next season is, so that's fine. That I know. That's perfectly okay. <laughs> Uh, hopefully, you know, you and I will find time for you to be on next season. You know, that, that just won't remain to see. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, and then, you know, if anyone drops out, once again, you know, you're, you're, you're my first call. And then I will wait, uh, weeks until we find time to record. <laughs> weeks from the time I say, sure, no problem. <laughs> and exactly. then I give you nothing but problems for week. No, <laughs> week come after on. Week. <laughs> Alan, look at it this way. I'm, I, I, I stuck with you. So it wasn't that I, I didn't give up. I didn't say, oh, this guy's just, just uh, stringing me along, which other people have done. There are people who, who have said they will be willing to be guests and then just didn't have the time to do it, which is fine. I understand. Everyone has, you know, everyone has a real life also, hopefully, uh, besides doing this type of thing. So if you're busy, you're busy. I understand that. Just, just tell me you're busy. That's what it comes down to. And that's what you do. You tell me you're busy and we just move along and find time to record so that, uh, you know, I don't miss out on any uh, episodes being released on time. That's the important thing for me. So I am very happy that you are flexible enough to deal with the craziness that is my schedule. And because you and I do stay in touch and because we are good friends and, you know, the Internet being a wonderful tool when used properly, you know just how crazy things can get from me. Yes. Ditto. Ditto. We're, we're, yeah. we're both in that same uh, thing. So, yeah, 100%. So, minute 88 begins with uh, a shot of Harry and Sally laughing at the MoMA in a flashback and ends with Harry running a marathon. <laughs> so, yesterday we, we, we pretty much ended things with, uh, you know, we were, we were dealing with flashbacks that Harry was having, you know, Harry's walking through uh, New York. You know, it's one of those things, you know, it, it reminds me of the, the scene from uh, uh, the Nicky Gun, you know, where you have uh, Frank Trevin walking and he's, you know, we hear the, the, the monologue, you know, how he's talking about different things that are going on, or whatever. And you see him like walk all over L.A. and then he happens to be like in this big mountain and then it ends by him saying, and where the hell am I? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. It's it's the same type of thing, you know. I I don't know the distance be, between uh, Washington Square and wherever the party is because they never tell us where the party is, so it's a little difficult to tell. But it seems as if Harry is, you know, it, it seems as if they've truncated New York for the purpose of of uh, Harry's walk. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe he, maybe he does live close to Washington Square Park. I don't know. But, you know, the fact that everything is seemingly in a very close uh, vicinity, and we'll see later in this week, he's he's actually trying to find a cab, which means it can't be that close, even though he ends up running it. So, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. Now, I know we'll, we'll get to it further in the minute, but you talked about him starting to run. 
is it uh, I think he's got to be running back like the different direction in the way he came I'm trying to keep the geography in my head because we know he looks over his shoulder at one point at the arc the Yes, the Washington Square. Uh, it's Washington Square Park. Yeah. Okay. Then in this scene, when he decides he's going to start going faster and faster, you see the arc behind him, so he is heading away from it. Yes, but but there are many different directions that he could be going. From I that. Just, but what I couldn't tell is, I guess what I'm trying to ask is, is it possible that he was already walking and was getting halfway to, and maybe unconsciously made his way halfway to the party, and now is running the rest of the way? Or was he walking away from the party and now he's coming back, which to me is more symbolic of storytelling. I would want him to be going, no, I need to go back to her instead of walking away. So I just couldn't tell geography wise, but in my head, I'm going to tell you, I see him as having turned around and heading back to where he came from when he decided to wander. Right. But you think that he'd be, if he was running back, he'd be running back to where he lives, which maybe the party takes place you know, close to where he lives. Close uh, or whatever, but do you understand what I'm saying? Though symbolically, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand not... what you're saying. Okay, it's like he's 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 made a change. You know, he was he was trying to avoid being somewhere and trying to get as far away from it as possible, and then he realized, wait a second, I actually want to be there. So then he does an about face and runs back. Right. So I mean, right. yes, I, it I feels like get, symbolically, get the further he was getting away from her, the more the memories were piling to say, get back to her. Like right. it was dawning on him. Why does it take that? Why does it? Why is it men? <laughs> why do we be so stupid? Well, you know what? I'm fine without you. And you go further and further. And you try to convince yourself, and then all of a sudden you're like, I miss her. No. <laughs> exactly. Well, come on. He was. Think about all the things that he's thinking about. We, we, you know, we we did jump a little bit ahead to talk about the running, but let's. It, there isn't that much to talk about before. Besides, you know, we have the same voiceover, which is mm-hmm. the entire conversation between Harry and Sally when they're in the car about whether they can be friends or not, uh, because of the sex. Uh, you know, we get in the way. And during this whole voiceover, we talked about this yesterday. You know, they they just were showing us, uh, you know, visually. But, but we can't hear what they were saying in various different places uh, that we've seen over the course of the movie. You know, we, we have them at the at first with, uh, you know, the, the when Sally drops Harry off at Washington Square, uh, uh, at, at Washington Square Park, which which obviously makes sense that he would think about it because he's he's now reached the exact place where they first parted. You know, after after their first uh, encounter, okay, and then you know they go into to the MoMA, and you know MoMA is continued into this minute, and then after that we see them in the deli where she's having her fake orgasm, which obviously he's that's going to be very memorable for Harry for the rest of his life, also, especially now that he has what to compare to, hopefully. Um, <laughs> then we see Harry in Sally's room where the two of them are, are start kissing. Mm-hmm. And once again, you can actually see that it's Sally who is instigating the kissing here, even though we, we've discussed that before. But, uh, you know, it is Sally who uh, takes things a little bit further. Harry goes along with it. You know, he's a guy. There's, you know, there's, there's no question about that. But, you know, it, it's still her that, uh, you know, he, he went with him. There we go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And, you know, then the shot comes back after that point. So, so obviously, you know, you, you can also think about the fact that, that the way the, that his, his memory is working, he has four different scenes that he's rethinking in his mind. Okay. Or actually five. Okay. He first has them departing 
which this is after he has propositioned her for the first time. The second is with the two of them walking through Central Park, you know, with the, the leaves where they are talking about sexual fantasies. Okay. The third is when they're in MoMA where he actually asks her out uh, to go to go to a movie. And, you know, and then he also compliments her about the fact that he likes when she wears skirts. Okay. Then the next scene is her faking the orgasm. And then the final scene that we see them is when the two of them actually have sex. So I... I have a feeling that what they're trying to show us here is that ha Harry is now remembering how great of a relationship and how great sex he had with, you know, no, because <laughs> think about it. It's all, it's all, all of these, these things are related in somehow to sex or sexual fantasies. Let me, okay. In my typical self, let me add a layer that maybe would help uh, make it less about the physical as well. Cause you're right. You're absolutely right. But I also think, what we're showing is with each successive memory, it's becoming more intimate, more one on one. And yes, it did lead to and is all centered around the physicality, but the emotion is there as well, yes, which is why he said sure. you cannot be friends because it goes further. You're going to end up being someplace different if you end right. up having sex. So I don't think it's just about physical because I think the modern day audience that, like I said, the hookup generation of today using apps for just one night gratification we're not in that time frame of today this is the 90s and i think what what he's doing here is he's remembering that as he's gotten more physically attracted and more physically involved he's also become more emotionally involved correct yeah i i agree with you it's 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 100 percent true but 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 it's still interesting that you know they 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 put both of these together you know, mm -hmm. showing that, and, and at the same time, they're having a conversation about whether men and women can be friends uh, and either have sex or not have sex. You know, that, that's what it comes down to. And I think, I think it's also somewhat cathartic for him at this point that he's now thinking about the fact that, okay, I now understand that, that it's right. Men and women cannot be friends because of the sex, but they can be something more than friends. And over the course of these five flashbacks, I've just realized that, you know, this is the woman that I want to spend the rest of my life with. Right. And I do find it ironic. I think the last moment we hear in quote, the flashback is her saying "Then I guess we won't be friends. Right. But no, Which, but why did she say that? I guess we're not going to be friends then. And he goes, guess not. And she says, it's too bad because you were the only person I knew in New York. Right. But okay. I Which, can hear it now in a different light. It's mm -hmm. almost like, okay, then we're not going to be friends. But she didn't say that doesn't mean we're not going to be more than friends, more than friends. We're not going right. to be yeah. eventually wedded. She just says, well, I guess we won't be friends then. Like the irony of how you can interpret that line. Right. Right. And remember, it's 12 years ago. So it's, it's right. uh, you know, it's, it's something I mean, it's he's got a great memory that he can remember these things from 12 years ago so clearly. But uh, <laughs> the, the the magic of film. <laughs> well, it is a rom-com. Yes. That is true. And and then basically the, the rest of this minute is, you know, Harry, uh, you know, we, we get a, a shot of his face where you see that he starts moving a little quicker because he's now realized that he wants to be with Sally right now. And we mm -hmm. see him start to, to, to pick up his pace as he's going. He starts walking, you know, and we can see his body, his upper body movement changing as he moves from. I guess uh, I walk to a uh, maybe a trot, and then mm -hmm. and then once again we we're, we're shown Sally at the party, 
who seems bored out of her mind. You know, she's looking around, she's looking at other people, you know, with their significant others. She's like, and she keeps looking up as if she's looking for some sort of savior, someone to help her just to get out of this thing. And then it goes back to a shot of Harry actually now running. And he is, it, it, it's funny because it looks like a fake run, you know, the, the way that he's doing it, you know, he's got like his, his fists, uh, facing up. It's as if he's, when he's running, he's like punching, you know, but he's punching upside down. Not, you know, usually you have your knuckles on top. His knuckles are underneath. It's like your finger, his fingers are on top here. So it's, it's, it's interesting the way that they, they show that. I didn't notice that. I don't think his hands are weird when they show the tracking shot. They look normal to me when he's on the sidewalk. But then as you talk about when he's like running toward the camera. Yeah. I can't tell because the camera angle, his hands are below. I no, do you think. You can it, see them come up. You can see the hands come up and you see the fingers on top. Uh, you know, I, let, me, let me enlarge. Let me enlarge my screen. <laughs> <laughs> Because when he's when it's the tracking shot along the sidewalk, it's fine. Yeah, uh, that's how. It, uh, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Oh no, you know what? It may be just a optical illusion, or maybe one of those is a turn. Because a couple times the knuckles do look normal. So it just depends. I don't know. Maybe he just twisted his hand on a couple of the pumps. But it could be. Um, whatever. I mean, the question is whether he's really running or is it just like a a fake type of run. I don't know. Well, it's definitely not the Tom Cruise that we're used to seeing just booking it across the screen in, uh, let's say, uh, Mission Impossible or something. That is or, or Mel Gibson. And <laughs> whenever you see him in the, the second, especially uh, Lethal Weapon, where he goes running down the, the, the uh, interstate when everybody's at a standstill. And he's just like, oh, my God, that guy's running fast. <laughs> um, let me ask you this. Are, are we going to get into the lyrics at all that are singing in the background? Because while we've got kind of a picking up of the action because like you said he starts as a trot then he starts as a jog and then i guess this is billy crystal's version of a run the music isn't exactly a up-tempo song it's actually a very slow song yeah blue eyes it's it's had to be you it had to be you did you uh have any notes because i did about the exact lyrics that they chose to cut in on uh go ahead i mean we we discussed this uh in the past when when the, the song was playing but but that's fine well, what I thought was interesting is you don't hear the whole first stanza. Correct. It just starts in with It Had to Be You, which is the chorus. And the chorus specifically after the first two lines of It Had to Be You is I wandered around, mm-hmm. as we've just been watching for the last couple of minutes, and I finally found the somebody who could make me be true and could make me be blue and even be glad just to be sad thinking of you. Mm-hmm. That lyric is exactly what we're watching over these last few minutes play out. That is correct. Yeah. No, they, they, I mean, they, obviously it's planned. <laughs> it wasn't, uh, it wasn't well, I, random. I love it. It, it wasn't I random, love it. but it works really well. And you've yeah. got, of course, the guy that's known for singing New York, New York, old blue eyes. So he's kind of already associated with a, a New York singer or that you, he is emblematic of New York. Obviously it's a love song. It's, a, mm-hmm. it's about the irony that you you think the person that's with that you're with is doing the exact opposite of everything you think you'd like. And it turns out that everything that was opposite anyway is still what makes you happy. Yes. It's true. 
no, it's 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 great the way that they 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 put that together. I loved it. I I was drawn to it because I was like, why are we playing? Obviously, it had to be you. We know the name. You know, it had to be you. But the it lyrics themselves, it just worked. It worked so well as I'm listening to it, and you see, it's almost like in his head. He's. It's almost like the lyrics are playing out in his own head. You know, I finally found the somebody who can make me be true. Right. And you know, he's he's running for her. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. It's great. I. Okay, my wife gets a little. Like she pokes fun at me because I can become emotionally invested in a movie. And if the characters, if the story, if everything's working and I am fully invested, you can pull tears out of me. I can, you can bring either happy tears or sad tears. You can manipulate me if you do it right. And I love the regular rom-com formula. When you have this kind of, you know, it's coming. It's not like it's an unknown ending. When you do it right, I don't care how many times I've seen this story. I just start going. I finally am happy for them. They finally are going to come together. No, and it's it's great the way that they do it because, mm-hmm. as you said, with the when the real formula is played out in a rom com, you know they're eventually going to get together after some sort of riff beforehand, some trial and tribulation. Yes, which which is probably why everyone was shocked when, uh, in in the TV show Friends, you know, when 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 Ross and Rachel broke up. Everyone thought, wow, they're going to get back right together, you know, mm-hmm. because of that. And they didn't. And that, you know, they, they they dragged that out for a very long time. So it's the same type of idea because we're so used to it. And when someone goes against that normal trope, it's like, what are you doing? Why are you messing with it? That works. And But you got to be careful because there have been there was a slew of movies in the two, probably the 2000s. And don't ask me to name anything off the top of my head, but I was getting very disappointed with Hollywood trying to do something edgy and break the mold. Correct. There's a reason it's called a rom-com. It's boy meets girl, boy does something to lose girl, boy goes through tribulation, realizes he wants girl, boy gets girl back. Right. You know, that's what you want. You want two people that are supposed to be together, do something stupid. The whole movie, you're like, you're supposed to be together. And then they finally realize, you know what? We're supposed to be together. You're like, see, I told you, I'm so glad you're together. (laughs) When you do something to screw that up, or you try to be edgy and you try to tell something that's maybe more realistic, it leaves you feeling weird. Yeah, because, you know, people watch rom-coms to feel good. That's what it comes down Mm -hmm. to in the end. Yes. And we want to believe in that moment that that's how life's supposed to play out. Now, if I want to know how life really is, I don't have to watch a movie. I can just go into my own kitchen. (laughs) 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 You know, I want to watch a movie for a little bit of escapism and maybe we're getting a little bit of the ideal that we all maybe in that little tender spot, we think about, Oh, I wish I could maybe be more like that. Or I wish that would happen to me. We know it's not real life, but we can maybe aspire to remind ourselves, Hey, you know what? Maybe I should be thankful for the person I'm with. Maybe I should go an extra step. So, you know, is what it is. That's true. So thank you for that uh, analysis of of the song. That works really good. You know, it it fits in really well here, you know, towards the end of this movie where, where where Harry is is running, and you know uh, maybe he'll win some sort of medal. I don't know. <laughs> Not the speed he's going. <laughs> <laughs> it, it depends. It could be maybe the uh, geriatric, uh, you know, award or something like that. Not that he's that maybe. old at this point. You know, we know we. <laughs> let's see. If, no, he's not. He's he's forty. Uh, comes out, even though his character is meant to be a lot younger than that. You know, one thing. 
we I don't know if we glossed over it, but you know how you said she's at the party and she looks once again, we've mentioned this the last couple of minutes, this is the last place she seems to want to be. And you you said she keeps looking up. I think part of what she's looking up is she's seeing the balloons coming down. She's seeing the streamers. And we do catch a moment of a couple behind her over her shoulder kissing. So it must have just within minutes. We didn't get the kiss. We didn't get the countdown. But it's obviously just past midnight. No, not yet. He's there when, when they have the countdown. We're, we're going to get that next week. Well, this makes no sense based on what's happening in the minute. People are kissing. Balloons are so they're dropping. kissing beforehand. <laughs> but the balloons are dropping. Yes, uh, maybe maybe it's a uh, maybe maybe it's a goof. It, uh, it's got to be. Well, I, I you know I, I I think you're right because there's a couple kissing behind her. There's a couple that walk by her that are kissing. Hmm. Yep. So. I, hmm. I didn't even think about that fact. Continuity. It could very well be. Because it it feels to me in this minute, pretending I don't know anything else about the movie, since we're only going of one course. minute at a time. The way this is set up is it looks like she just missed midnight. Hmm. Interesting. I don't know how. Why else would the balloons be dropping? Why else would people be uh, it was like everyone's happy? There's streamers in people's hair. They're kissing. Yeah, that, that, that's really strange, especially since, like I said, later on. We're going to be, uh, you know, we're gonna we're gonna, we're gonna have them count down. Maybe maybe they had to redo it. It's a redo. <laughs> they ran to a different time they zone. They re they rerung it in. They were watching uh, New Year's Rock and Eve from the West Coast. <laughs> no, I I know what it is. I know what it is. Harry, in his free time, actually invented a time machine, and was able to go back in time. And change that. Or, here we go, here we go. We watched how it was going to play out had he not been there. And they were both imagining how miserable they would have been how had he not been there. But thankfully, we get the actual, he was there the whole time. Okay, that, that's plausible too. <laughs> yeah, no, That's as, as plausible as all the rest of the things we've just said. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I do find it interesting when you when you catch now. Granted, it's so quick, but when you catch moments like you say, wait a minute, wh why would there be balloons dropping? Why would there be streamers? She keeps looking up at them falling. There's people kissing. You would think that that means that ju we just rung in the new year and she's all alone. That is true, and you know, I th I, I think this is great also because you know, no one has written about this in IMDb that this is a an error in the movie. So you see, Alan Sanders has found an error. That nobody else has thought of before. Wow. That's great. <laughs> well, it's only because we're slowing it down <laughs> one Who second cares? at a time that's not the as point. we're talking about this minute. <laughs> that's not the point. <laughs> no, I love it. I love my wife. I think I said this before on one of your episodes. If not, I know I've done it on my own. My wife hates when I ruin scenes by pointing out continuity errors. <laughs> She's like, don't. No, I can't never not see the error. I, I, like, I was happy. No, not but certain errors, I love, I love you know, rewatching the errors. Like, like, I cannot watch Star Wars without seeing the stormtrooper hitting his head now. You know. Right. Or the, uh, the extra in the background walking in modern clothes during Indiana Jones or Raiders of the Lost Ark when he thinks Marion's dead. The camera's pushing in. That's he's got right. the monkey. And in the background, you see the dude just going, dude, 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 exactly. I'm just a, 
We got uh, uh, just a guy working right. on the set. Or to to go with to <laughs> you know, go with I pointed that out. My wife to was go like, with uh, your show on the Wilder, right? So you know you have them ladies blazing saddles also, where you have the the guy just standing around. The one who they ended up having to sign a waiver before, you know, but he's not supposed to be there. The guy that was on the street corner. Yeah, they try to they try to get him away from there. Like, we're shooting a movie. He's like, hey, I'm waiting for a car. <laughs> it's like they wouldn't get off the set. So like, all right, we'll just leave him in it. Right. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but yes, I, I, I love seeing those little things. Or in Batman Forever when, uh, you know, after Alfred gets uh, hit on the head. And then uh, you have Two-Face and, and the Riddler come into thing. You see Alfred, you know, he's unconscious, but he then moves over. His body moves. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> he apparently missed his mark of where he was supposed to fall on the ground. You fell in That's the wrong right. spot. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So one of the things that I thought of that was really, that, that, that it would be nice to discuss is, okay, this is taking place on December 31st, 1988. Um, do you know, uh, I mean, I, so I looked at some trivia about that particular day to see if anything interesting happened or just some general stuff also. So the, the first thing that, that I found was, is, you know, how many babies were apparently born on that day? <laughs> oh, you worldwide or the United States? Nope. Worldwide. I would have no idea. I don't even know how, what would the average number of births per day right. is? Okay. So apparently, here I'll, I'll give you uh, a, a little bit of, of, of I mean, you're not going to do the math because, you know, it's, it's <laughs> but apparently every minute of December 31st, 1988, there were 264 babies born, which is a grand total of 380,171 babies. Okay, that is wow. a hell of a lot of babies that were born on the same day. And just to give you an idea, the, the following day on January 1st, 1989, there were 380,738 babies, which means it's a difference of 600. Wow. That's not, when you, when you consider how many, that's, that's pretty close. Um, and also, I mean, the, the, this, it gives me the data on this, this, where I looked it up, of how many babies were born in 1988 and how many were born in 1989. So in 1988, there were 139,142,510 babies born. And in 1989, there was 138,969,301, which again is means that a, another an extra almost 800,000 babies were born in 1989 as opposed to 1988. So, yeah, you know, I just I, I I thought that that would that would be a little interesting to you know to to check out about that. Do you know what the most popular names were in 1988? Like for a boy and a girl. Uh, boy, probably Mike. That's always popular. Mike, Chris, Tom. Well, you got it in the first one. You don't have to Is keep that even guessing. Close? It's it's Michael. Michael. Okay. There there are sixty four thousand one hundred thirty three people boys that were born in nineteen eighty eight that were named Michael. Okay, and what do you think mm-hmm. the most famous uh, uh, female name was? See, I'm trying to remember because I've got a tie into this. I'm trying. Would it be like Kim or it's Kimberly? Jessica. Jessica. Kim? Yeah. Jessica. Okay. In 1988, there were 51,538 babies named Jessica. Okay. What's really interesting is in the 1989, both of those names were also those popular names. So you know, even the following year, basically the the difference then, the baby girls that were born that were named Jessica in 1989, there were 47,885. So it went down by about 4,000. 
and the Michael is 65,382 uh, in 1989. So that means that that's gone up. It went up about a thousand uh, names, stuff like that. But then I, I decided to go even further and see if anything really interesting happened on that day. Now, I know you're a sports guy, okay? So on December 31st, mm -hmm. 1988, uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins uh, player Mario Lemieux became the only – that's oh, hockey, hockey. Became the only NHL player to ever score five goals in five different ways in one game. Okay, now I don't understand the, the 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 hockey terms, but apparently he did the first one with even strength, the second one shorthanded, the third one power play, fourth one penalty shot, and the fifth one is empty net. You want me to explain? You want me to explain those, or do you or do you not care? Go ahead, explain them. Why even not? strength, obviously, they both five on five. Both teams are at their even strength. Power play is when somebody on the other team is in the penalty box, and so now you're playing five on four or five on three. So that's the power play. You're you're you've out you have them outnumbered. So he scored once when they were even. Scored once when the other team had somebody in the penalty box. When they're shorthanded, it's when their team is in the penalty box. So they were shorthanded. And mm. Penalty shot is obvious. You're taking a penalty shot. It's a free shot. And then sometimes towards the end of the game, when you're when you're trailing, to put a fifth man into or a sixth man, I guess, because you, uh, I don't remember the total number, of, uh, but you want to have a, an offensive player instead of the goalie, you take your goalie out and replace it with a skater trying to put kind of a pseudo power play, but you end up leaving right. your net empty. Right. So there Very you go. Cool. Right. So they, they, the, the, the Penguins beat the uh, New Jersey Devils eight to six. That's a high scoring that, hockey game. Well, I mean, come on, Lemieux scored five of them. Yeah, well, yeah, true. <laughs> See, I thought you were going to bring up the, uh, the fog bowl. I was. That's the next thing I was going to talk about. Because that's what I remember, and like I said, I have a tie into 1988, and I'll get to that in a second. Because I do remember 88 pretty well for one specific reason. But, okay, so well, I one one of the things that that you just jumped the gun on was the fact that I wanted to to mention that that there is the fog bowl that happened. Uh, do, do you want to explain what the fog bowl is? Did you ever see any like video of it? I I believe I have. I mean, the fog came in over, over Soldier Field. It was so thick. You only had about 15 or Soldier 20 Field yards. in Chicago. In Chicago. People, in Chicago. Sorry. Right. Yeah, no, but, I, I know, but... Yeah. Uh... <laughs> for, the, for the listening audience. Uh, and there was only... Think about this. It's 100 yards from end zone to end zone, and you had about 15, maybe 20 yards of visibility. You couldn't even really see the broadcast. Um, I do know, being at Soldier Field, that it was the Chicago Bears, but um, that late, it was a divisional playoff game. So 88 in the NFC division playoff, it was uh, pr it was probably, um, I, I, if I remember correctly, it was the, the the Philadelphia Eagles. Yes. Okay. Right. I, I think I remember reading that that it was the Eagles. Just it's one of those games where I think it only lasted a quarter. It just the, the fog came rolling in. They're just like, well, it's football. Keep playing. Right. Yeah. That's that's the, that's the thing I've never understood about football. Football is, you know, it doesn't matter what's going on. Just keep playing. <laughs> right. Don't even. Don't I even think the think the o the only time they'll stop is I guess if there's really threatening lightning, and that's more about the fans. <laughs> yeah. Than I think the players. <laughs> yeah. I mean, apparently it happened during the second quarter. Uh, but yeah, and the Bears won the the game twenty to twelve. So I guess uh, yeah, it's funny. I don't remember who won. <laughs> well, I I don't. I can't say I remember it. I I I just looked it up. <laughs> looked it up. 
Well, let me let me give you this to to let you know why eighty eight is a is a year that kind of sticks in my head sure. is because that's the year I graduated high school. Ooh. I graduated in the summer of eighty eight. Die Hard came out. That went to the theater to see it. I went to college, so I was actually in college in the in the in the time of uh, the the winter, I guess, of eighty eight. Uh, but we had moved down to Georgia in eighty five, so it was only my third year here in Georgia, and. Uh, I always thought it was cool to be a, a class of 88 because the number upside down or right side up, it's still 88 left to right, right to it's still 88. And, uh, just, it was a, for me, it was a really good year. I, I enjoyed graduating in 1988. Okay. That, that's, that is definitely understandable. I can, I can understand why you would, why you would enjoy that. <laughs> it was just because of so many things going on. Your graduating year. You tend to remember things, you know, Reagan's last year in office. You remember, like I, I was part of the newspaper staff. That was the year that our, um, our, our Yellow Jackets, uh, the, the the high school mascot baseball team, went to the state playoffs, and so I was writing the story about that. I mean, just it's it's amazing how there are certain moments in time that seem more clear than others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I completely understand that. That's true. And so, since we are talking about both December thirty first and January first, so the two interesting things that I found that that happened on January first were there were there were two weddings of famous people. You know, uh, Kelly McGillis uh, got married then, and uh, also Leonard Nimoy. Not not to each other, obviously. <laughs> no, I know because Leonard Nimoy had had gotten divorced, and uh, you know, then when he got remarried, very interesting that the two of them, uh, you know, stand out here because also nineteen nineteen eighty eight and nineteen eighty nine were both. Uh, big years for both of them because Kelly McGillis was was in accused the accused in 1988, and uh, uh, Leonard Nimoy was was in Star Trek Five in 1989. Yeah, not not a really good Star Trek movie. No, no, <laughs> not particularly. You know, I was just going to say something about getting married on a specific holiday. You're taking an awful risk. Because generally you want to ring in the new year, and I get it. When you're all happy, dovey, lovey, and when you're happy, lovey, dovey with one another, and you think, oh, we're forever going to be together. Can you imagine if you end up getting divorced after getting married on New Year's Day <laughs> and forevermore you'll never want to celebrate the, that, that day because it will remind you of your ex? Yeah, I could see that as a problem. I, I would not pick New Year's. Now, we did have some friends of ours that got married on the 4th of July. And I thought, well, that's kind of cool. You always have a fireworks show for your anniversary. <laughs> Hopefully it's a good fireworks show. <laughs> well, Fire, I mean, you could be celebrating the fact a, that you're single again. You can fireworks so, I mean, in but, a marriage isn't always the best thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, not, not in the marriage. No, you're right. <laughs> um, but, you know, some people get married like Christmas Day or they want to get married on their birthday. I'm kind of glad we just picked the, you know, the, 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 the day that it happened to be that we got married on and it was in May. So, well, you know, well, going back to your story from, from a few months ago, I mean, come on, you guys didn't have a choice. That was the day your, your ex chose that day not you. Well, technically it was the next day. We were like, well, guess we're doing it. Yeah. And it was a Monday. <laughs> it was, okay. which was a lot of fun. Mon- Monday's help. Monday's help. <laughs> yeah. Tell me why I don't like Mondays. I don't know. <laughs> no, I love Mondays. I don't mind. Um, like I said, I, uh, I've i gotten to the point, I don't know how you are, and since it's a relationship movie, there are times I have almost completely forgotten the fact that I had a first marriage. 
that I have been so invested in so many things happened and so many adventures with all four of our girls and just so much of my life was around being the dad of four girls that I forget that I had a previous marriage. I had to remind myself of that. Um, yeah, I, I have the same issue. <laughs> I don't know if it's an issue. I think it's a good thing. No, I'm saying that you know, every so often I had to be reminded about it. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> there's certain things yep. you don't want to be reminded about. <laughs> <laughs> maybe there's a reason why it's just so easy to push in the back of my mind. <laughs> maybe. That's very possible. <laughs> so, so, anyway. Right. So the the script for, for the scene doesn't have very much. But it's a nice descriptive uh, paragraph that they have in here. It says, Harry, back in reality, thinking about what just happened in his mind. He feels the cold and turns his collar up, then starts walking slowly away from the arch. We stay with Harry as his pace starts to quicken and finally ends with him running down the street. So it's, uh, you know, pretty accurate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that, that works well. Um, so uh, as, as I've said the last two days, so one of the things that I've decided to do for these three days, because Alan has already done all of the, the, the various segments that, that I usually have here. So I'm actually going to, once again, tell a final story of something that happened to me for Off the Beaten Track, recording dating edition, where, you know, I'll tell something, some story about something that happened to me over the course of my life, you know, of, of that's related to either courting or dating. So I, you know, as I mentioned the other day, I have this list, you know, so I actually took out the list to start looking at it again. You know, since our conversation the other day, just to, to see which type of things my memory can be refreshed from. All right. And for me, one of the funniest things that, that ever happened is related to dating, but it's not actually a date. Back in 1994, when the movie Four Weddings and a Funeral came out. So mm. there is a very famous part of the the movie where you know the the main character Charles is at the the second wedding of the movie and while he's at that wedding he's actually set uh they they put him at the table with all of his ex ex-girlfriends okay <laughs> and apparently while he was you know going through uh while he was dating all of these women he was making jokes about the other women so therefore you know the women started all talking over him and it was a pretty embarrassing situation for him, obviously. Uh, but for us as as viewers, it's just hilarious watching. And mm-hmm. I remember, uh, you know, for years I would be talking with friends about the fact that, you know, did did we ever have a four wings in a funeral uh, situation? Meaning, were you ever somewhere where you were talking about somebody that you went out with? And it turns out that person was there and you didn't know. Okay, now I, I see you're thinking about this now, Alan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I remember that in 1997, so I was I was going out with somebody uh, very seriously, and this conversation came up, and we were talking about it, and she said that she actually was at some sort of weekend for for singles or whatever it is, and she was at a table, and she started talking about this crazy guy that she had gone out with that had like a you know his car was filled with all these different uh, tea bags, you know it was he like collected tea bags. And things like that. And it turns out that the guy was at the table. 
and she didn't remember. And I said to her, I said, I said, there's no way that something like that could ever happen to me because, you know, at the time she, she was number 13 on my list when I, the one I was going out with at the time. And I said, I remember all the 12 other girls that I went out with. It's not going to happen to me ever. A few weeks later, we were at a friend of hers, his parents' house for, for, for a dinner. And we're sitting there and we're talking and we're all talking about, you know, some of our terrible dates that we've had and stuff like that. And I bring up my very first blind date, which was four years earlier. And I start talking about, I, I don't, I, today, I don't even remember what it was that I said, but I just remember talking down about this girl that I had gone out once on, on one date with, but it was just mm -hmm. a horrendous date. And I was talking about that. And then at the end of my story, I hear a voice on the other side of the table saying, that was me. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> Apparently, you know, this girl changed her hairstyle, and she was on the other end of the table talking with uh, my girlfriend's friend's sister. And I didn't even notice. And, oh. yes, I, I, was, I was quite embarrassed, especially because I realized that, you know, my memory wasn't as good as I had thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> mm. I honestly can't I don't think I've had that happen to me but I have had I have had before where I had two people I was working with in a show they were both named Kelly one was a tech person one was an actor and someone had told me because I was directing said you've got to find out what Kelly was doing at the theater when everything was supposed to be closed because we thought we saw her loitering around or something. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll call her. And I dialed the wrong Kelly and started trying to talk to her about, like, what, what was going on? What, was, what are you doing? And five minutes in, I started realizing I called the wrong Kelly, and she's probably trying to figure out what the hell I'm accusing her of. And it didn't even occur to me that I had dialed the wrong one because they were in my phone back to back because it was by sorted by first name. Now, this joke would have been even funnier if you would have said the name Jessica, you know, because we were talking about that that was the most famous name in 1988. Famous but name. Kelly is just, is just as good. Yeah. But that was the, that's the closest I've come to where I'm having an actual conversation that I think I'm actually trying to kind of counsel somebody from doing things that were causing maybe a problem, and the person had nothing to do with it. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can see that as a problem. Yeah, I definitely. When I just, I just went. You know what? You know what? I don't think this is an issue anymore. I don't, if, you know what? I shouldn't have even bothered calling you. That's right. <laughs> I was like, we'll, we'll, <laughs> we're done. Okay, that makes sense. All right. So, Alan, you have anything else you want to say about uh, this minute or the movie in general that we haven't discussed yet? Nope. Just uh, have been have been glad to be back, and uh, you know, it feels like I repeat myself sometimes. But for those folks that may come here or there in those episodes really enjoy being able to be on with you and to make this happen. So thank I, you for having me back. And I appreciate you, you, you making the time for that. <laughs> All right, great. So you want to once again tell people where they can find Alan Sanders. Yeah, super easy. Just look for The Wilder Ride anywhere you find podcasts. Uh, we've got four seasons in the can. The first two are movies by minutes. We, were, we called it The Wilder Ride in, in honor of Gene Wilder. We were doing Gene Wilder movies. At least that was the plan. Season one, dedicated to Young Frankenstein. Season two, to Blazing Saddles. Then we turned it into more of a talk show for seasons three and four. And then my buddy Walt, my partner in crime, went and got married and has been living the honeymoon life ever since. We hope to, at some point, maybe rekindle for a season five. But 
no promises. <laughs> but you've got four seasons of content out there that you can go and enjoy. Uh, go to wilderride.com, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, there you go. That's it. All right. And I think this is also a, a good time to talk about the fact that, you know, Alan and I are both part of this uh, Movies by Minute community that um, I'm sure many of the people listening to this uh, podcast are also uh, somehow connected to uh, this this community. Um, and if you go to the website, moviesbyminute.com, uh, you will see that uh, as of today, there are uh, 235 different uh, Movies by Minute podcasts that are available for people to listen to. Um, that m- number might go up a little bit by the time this uh, this comes out. Ho- hopefully, that would be very nice. So basically, you know, you can go there to that website, see if there's some of your favorite movies, and listen to other podcasts in addition to my podcast and Alan's podcast, obviously. And if for some reason you you find that your favorite movie isn't one of them, so you know, why don't you just uh, go ahead and, and uh, create your own podcast, do a movies by minute, <laughs> you know. Jim, it's so Jim, super Jim easy. Jim loves to do it. You know, Jim loves to tell people that that they can do it this way. You know, there's as we said, there's a, it's a great community. There's a, a group on Facebook, and people are very helpful. If you you just want to get started out, you know, there many of us will, will will be there to help you, give you advice on what to do, what not to do, and uh, you know how you can just keep making it fun for yourself and for your listeners. Mm-hmm. So you you can. No, I can. That's a good point. I can say if you want to reach out on like what do's and don'ts, suggestions, ideas, yeah, everybody in that group has been super helpful. When we got started, I know you got the same thing, and that's how you and I became friends, kind of just chatting back and forth, mm-hmm. invited on the show. Yep. You learn sometimes by doing, you learn by listening, you learn by asking. That's and right. You'll get to do all three if you start your own show. That's right. <laughs> Very true. As as we both know. <laughs> that's the way yes. it works. <laughs> all right. And uh, finding me is very simple. Just do a quick search for Movie Rob Minute. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter. And you can go directly to my website, MovieRobMinutes.com. I will be back tomorrow and finish off the rest of the week with another guest. So please come back. And once again, I want to thank Alan for, for, for joining me. It's been a lot of fun. And until tomorrow, I'll have what she's having. I'll have what she's having. Gave me a thrill with all your faults. I love you still, it had to be you, wonderful you, had to be you.